Hi there. Welcome to OTs Get Paid, the podcast for OT entrepreneurs, where we learn about everything you need to know to move from thinking like a therapist to acting like a CEO and making good money along the way. Are you curious how to continue to be true to your mission of helping others as an OT and get paid what you're worth? Do you want to know the best tips that add zeros to your bank account? Do you wonder how other OTs do it too? I'm your host, Trish Williams, a Canadian, a mom, a not-so-closet choir nerd, an occupational therapist of over 26 years. I spent most of those years loving my profession, but secretly wishing I could get paid a lot more. Did I feel like I had an important job that had great impact on my clients and society? Check. Did I also wish I could feel validation in that work through getting paid enough to feel financial freedom? Check, check. So finally in my 40s, as a single mom who needed to get real with my income, I built two six-figure businesses, including my latest as an OT entrepreneur coach at Trish Williams Consulting. And through this, I heard the secret shame that others felt the same way too. So I'm raising my voice and raising my profile of this issue and probably raising my prices. I'm here to talk about OTs making money. So let's do like Scrooge McDuck and dive into those giant piles of gold coins and get swimming and start this episode. Welcome OT entrepreneurs to the OTs Get Paid podcast, season one, episode six. As you may know by now, this season, we are focusing on revenue generation and pricing. And boy, is this topic resonating with people. When you join the Facebook group, we ask you some questions. And one of the questions is, what do you want to learn most about in this group and through this podcast? And anything revenue generation and pricing is amongst one of the most popular questions. As well, today, I just finished speaking at the Rehab Tech Summit, which has been taking place here in mid-February. Please follow them on IG for their next offering. Rahima and Lauren, two OTs, did an outstanding job of bringing this really large and impressive event together. Whatever they do next, I would highly encourage you to join them and to participate. At any rate, today I spoke at the Rehab Tech Summit about how to build a business. And amongst all these large brains, these people with large brains who discussed the user experience and design and how to build an app and the further research from Dr. Lily Liu of tech in our treatment spaces and all of these things where I felt pretty humbled, little old me talks about how to build a business. And the number one question I got during and after was, how can I make money? while starting my own business. It's just resonating across so many of the OT spaces right now. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group at OTs Get Paid, please jump in there right now. There's lots of engagement, lots of support about the concepts we're introducing in the podcast and from people all over just like you who are mostly solo, they're making these decisions alone and they're looking for that community. You guys, this didn't exist when I started out. You're not alone. We've built it. So join it. Today, we're building upon our last episode, which was episode five, where I introduced the concept of a high end, high value, high priced offer. Again, this would be the very tippy tippy top of your ascension model. 
And if you're not familiar what an ascension model is, please pause right now and go back to listen to episode three, which really gives you the fundamentals for this concept. And then jump back in here. We'll be waiting. So as I said, last episode, we talked about this high-end, high-value, high-priced offer. And why, why is that so important? What I've heard amongst the OTs out there and what I know to be true is that this allows us to shake up the typical model on which so many of us are building a service-based business and to some extent a product-based business, which is that the basic level of access to us through one-on-one therapy should be the most primary. We often underprice this. And this would be considered premium in any other level of business. Think about that. What radical shift could we make for our clients and the OT profession if we began to recognize that value at the tippy top and add more layers of value to an OT business with access to one-on-one therapy or more robust add-ons to your products in an intensive way. This is radical, in my opinion. That's why I've been doing episodes about it for the last few podcasts. The way that we value ourselves as OTs, the way that others value OT service and products, and the spectrum of offers that we can create across the board begins to be mind-boggling when you start thinking outside of one-on-one treatment. So what do your clients and your customers want? What can you give them and price accordingly that is beyond your dreams? The first time I heard of this concept was through the Biz Chicks podcast, and it was about a designer who was thinking about what her high-end offer could be for clients who hire her to redecorate a room. And what she was able to dream up, including trips to museums, looking through photography books at different types of light, taking field trips to Tuscany to look at antiques. I mean, this was all true. This was a crazy high-priced offer, but this is where she got to. And did every customer buy it? No, but did some? Yes. They were that motivated and she was this excited about her offer that could help transform and add value to some clients and customers. Imagine getting insanely excited about an offer that you as an OT deliver in a way that is fulfilling and light and exciting to you. And it provides incredible transformation for your client or your customer and gets you paid in a way that blows your mind. Guys, some people don't like it when I talk like this. They feel that that isn't our right as OTs and it's okay. I don't mind. I don't mind being the one to rattle some cages. And if, I, if in the rattling, I unlock pieces of dreams that you can begin to think about that add customer value, I've done my job. A high-end, high-priced offer that can bring value to the client and the therapist and solve the worth issues that we also struggle with. If you find greater self-worth in this offering, I feel that at least my job today is done. And today I wanted to invite a guest who has been experimenting with this in her company and has built, priced, and sold a high four-figure offering. Our guest will share her process and tips and mindset work required to feel valuable enough to sell a high-end offer. But the numbers themselves, the actual price will also be pretty inspirational. When we hear what others are doing, it gives us the courage 
and the support to feel that we can do the same, which is one of the reasons I invited this guest today. So repeat after me. OT is valuable. OT is worth it. OT is valuable. Our next guest hails from southeastern Australia, which I have learned is a thing of which to be proud. I've learned that this area of Australia is very proud of their heritage and their descendants. I didn't know. Now I know. This OT has practiced for over 25 years. In fact, we graduated within one year of each other and has had a memorable journey in the field. She represents so many of us in her search for meaning and fitting in, in air quotes, in the career of OT. After years of practicing in the area of health, wellness, and safety, this guest received her certificate in permaculture design, which led to her current business of three years, where she brings together the field of OT, well-being, and nature. In fact, I would say she's one of the pioneers in this area right now. In addition to her work and business, our guest spends lots of times in her own nature-based wellness haven called The Sanctuary with her family and friends. And if you want to go see one of the best 50th birthday celebrations ever, I highly encourage you to go to the show notes and follow her on social media to see the glamping experience of a lifetime from December 2020 and also kickboxing videos. So ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome today Bronwyn Painter. Hi, Bronwyn. Hi, Trish. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. So I am, I like to think that Canadians are relatively well-traveled, sophisticated people, but I still can't get over that it's Sunday night. <laughs> it's like tomorrow where you I are. live in the future. <laughs> and you know, it's pedantic and it's, hey, it's Trish. Now that I've got your attention, I wanted to tell you about something that we are really excited about here at OTs Get Paid. This month, we are kicking off our formal, systemic, organized, planned, woohoo, referral program. With every referral of somebody that you bring to us that purchases one of our two signature programs, Road to 100K and 100K Club, we give you money. We're leaning into it. We're leaning into our brand and we're going to get you paid. At this point, we are offering $400 for people who refer someone who enrolls in our 100K Club Mastermind and $250 for somebody that enrolls in our Road to 100K program. But we're not stopping there. Your referred member will also get access to a bonus Q&A Zoom call every month that we are doing just for new referred members with our coaches. It's going to be Q&A ask the coach anything. How are you going to do this? The best way to do this is to connect with us via email or through DMs. We're keeping it really simple for right now. And we're saying, hey, here's their deets. Do you want us to call them? Are they going to get in touch with us? And as long as you mention each other, we will connect you and let our system wheels spin and they will get their bonuses and you will get yours. And I want to remind you, we are a company with a mission. It is to bring more wealth to more female OT entrepreneurs because we know what women do with money. They use it to better their families and they use it to better their communities. So for every dollar that we generate 
here at OTs Get Paid every year, we give away 1% of our gross income to Dress for Success, which is a charity and organization that's dedicated to empowering women towards financial independence. I hate to use the term win-win-win. Somebody has a better one. Please let me know. But we don't want you to keep those benefits to yourself anymore. We want your referral partner to win. We want you to win. And of course, we have a social agenda here at OTs Get Paid. It's like so banal to talk about, but I just still get a huge kick out of this. So do I. So do I. Cool. I love the epic power of working online and connecting know, people all over the world. Um, I, know. I love it. I know. We're literally <laughs> laughing like before we pressed record. So again, I will paint a visual picture. I'm in Studio C, <laughs> Studio Closet. I haven't even changed out of like, it's not even pajamas. It's like a nightgown, right? And you can't see my coffee stain right here. And I have like my bad glasses, my weekend glasses, and my hair up on the top of my head and a sweater because it's cold in here over my legs. And I'm in full Sunday night mode. It's cold outside in Canada. And you, Bronwyn, are in a sundress. <laughs> we, had th- we had days of 38 degrees centigrade last week. It's the and, morning. Um, it's Monday morning for you. And I spent yesterday picking blackberries and today I'm making blackberry jam. <laughs> oh, I'm just, see, like I'm not even going, you know, the better me would be jealous and that's not what we're talking about right here. We're talking about that this is amazing. Mm. It's amazing. And that we're all connected. We're all yep. connected, you know, exactly. as OTs, as people, as entrepreneurs. I know. We're going to talk so much more about that too as we go forth. You're, <laughs> the way your brain works, I just, I just love. So welcome, Bronwyn. And we're going to start with the first question that we always start with for everybody. And that is, Bronwyn, how do you get paid? Thanks. I get <laughs> She's so comfy with this topic. <laughs> I just got off the phone from my bank. Oh, <laughs> bad timing. <laughs> I get paid because I have a J-O-B. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a J-O-B? I have a job and I have a business and I work four days a week. I manage work health, safety, injury management, return to work and well-being for a community pharmacy organisation in Australia. And so that is the kind of work that I've done for 27 years and I like it and I add value and I'm good at it and I value it. And there are so many money stories to why I have a job and why I have a business and who I am as a person. And I have a job because one of my biggest needs is for certainty and predictability. And I have a business because I have a really big need for significance and giving back and Mm. following my passion. So my business is Flourish Nature-Based OT and I get paid in that by working with OTs around the world to help them create nature-based programs, services and businesses. And every now and then I provide some in-person forest therapy experiences where I try and get government money well, I do get paid by the government to provide forest therapy so people can come for free. And that's my kind of Robin Hood work, as I call it. I love it. And that's, I've heard you mention this in other podcasts, but I only learned this word, I think last year, but you've, it's forest bathing. Forest bathing. What's yeah. that word? It's from the Japanese, right? Yeah. So you know how to say what it in I Japanese? Do. Yes. Shinrin Yoku. Yeah. We had a Japanese exchange student live with us for a year. And so we have a Japanese son and we have lots of Japanese connections. And I kind of weave some of that into, into how I work. Um, oh. The concept of Ikigai. Uh, I was just going to say, 
Yeah. Yeah. The um, Kawa model, you know, it's all yep. very nature aligned. So yeah, yep. forest bathing is um is about sensory experiences in nature, mindful yep. sensory experiences in nature to slow us down, calm down our sympathetic nervous system. For me, you know, life-changing impact, which led to us actually buying our land, the sanctuary, because of how I let myself feel in nature. Yeah. yeah. Well, could you get specific on that table on the fist moment? There's That's got to be a better midway moment that really propelled you to start Flourish. I, I started the business. When I did my training in forest and nature therapy guiding, so I had this deep nature-connected transformational experience and I knew that I wanted to, you know, my passion was to connect people with nature for their well-being. And so I started my business with this idea of offering in-person forest therapy. And it's really hard to do that. Because, uh, you know, I, I had no idea about running a business, like literally no idea. And so I thought I would just put out to the world, come and join me in nature and people would come flocking and pay me good money. It would poke out from behind trees. <laughs> That's it. And it wasn't like that. Who would have thought? And I'd sort of got to the point where I was running, you know, two hour come and try forest bathing in local parks and I was charging $15. And I'll get four people come. And mm. so this was like half a day, half a day of my time for $60. Mm. <laughs> and I rationalised that because I was developing my skills. I felt really good doing it. I got, it, it really validated what, what mm. I was thinking, but it was not a business. And then I have a, a personal coach, like a spiritual coach who I've worked with for a number of years and who has helped me very much identify who I am, mm. what what I'm passionate about. And, you know, at one point she, <laughs> I've been sort of dabbling, as we say, in this business, and she said to me in a call one day, I think you're ready. I think you're mm. ready to, like, give your gift to the world. <laughs> and I was sort of like, really? Am I? What do you mean? <laughs> How do I do this? And she actually connected me with a business coach, marketing coach who worked with video because my whole thing was like I, I kind of wanted to make videos to share what I knew about nature and the evidence and how it aligned with OT. And then it was through him that, you know, we actually in one of our one-on-one calls in business coaching, I've started to be approached by OTs to ask about how are you doing this? How does, how does nature and OT work together? And um, I was telling him this and he said to me, I know what, I know what you need to do. I know what you can do as your offer. And it, it was about working with OTs to help them create, you know, their approach to nature and incorporate nature into their work. And, you know, initially I, I thought I wanted to do a master's and I wanted to research functional outcomes from forest therapy. Like I had this very clear strategy and I thought that would be my way to make an impact in the profession. And I went to the university, I talked to people in the OT school. I, you know, it's really expensive to study. It's it's really expensive. And I couldn't see how I could pay for a master's, keep working because I needed income and just do, like do it all. And so then what I came to realise is that having a business and, you know, doing like delivering what I have to offer in a business was a much better way for me to have an impact and really connect with people and work with people. And I still want to do research, but now I need to have enough money 
I need to be earning enough money through what I do to enable me to, you know, have some time to research and do it. Like I want it all. I want it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I love, and you know, I'm very similar when I, you strike me in a way as the accidental entrepreneur mm. as am I. And in fact, for my father was an entrepreneur and at no point until the last year or two did I actually even realize that. Mm. I was like, yeah, my dad owns his own business, doopity doopity doop. Like never thought there's an entrepreneurial spirit in my home and I will do the same. And in fact, I went to McMaster and I went to the University of Alberta and I had conversations with them about how I could, you know, grow in the profession of being a professor. And as this, I realized I didn't love it in the same way that in my case, working with families and kids and then very much pivoting to this. And I, I'm mm. quite shocked at how much I love it as well. And also, you and I are similar and that we don't see this as the end. But I mm. love that you, because there's lots of people like you and me that backed into it in a way and found that it's helps feed the passion, even though we didn't know it would. Yeah, I really started my business to give me a platform to just do what I loved doing. Yeah. Um, like not really seriously as a way to make money. Yeah. It literally was as a platform. It enabled me to, you know, speak at a conference or yeah. to run an event. Yeah. Um, you know, I ran this well, big wasn't event. eBay... Nature for... Go ahead, Bronwyn. Sorry. Oh, I ran this big event, Nature for Health Professionals, and I had all these guest speakers and I had, you know, like 150 people come. And uh, I wouldn't have done that just as Bronwyn Painter, but when I had my business, I'm like, yeah. oh, now I've can show up oh like goodness. this. Isn't that interesting? So you almost needed like that official identity to pursue that. I, I, yeah. Before, you know, we cut, we were talking over each other, but I think my point was, I think eBay started be, with Pez collectors and people that wanted to trade Pez, right? <laughs> like, it, it, you know, I don't think the founders of eBay were like, let's start this global revolution in trade yeah. and commerce. It was like, hey, who out there has the cool Pez dispenser yeah. on solo one that I don't have? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> It's interesting that background, the family background, um, because I I come from a, you know, well, actually, what do I come from? My parents were both um, librarians wow. and um, they were they were employees. But actually, yeah. as I look back, I think, no, actually, Dad did have his own business, you know, mm -hmm. earlier. And my grandfather was a tailor, you know, like remember tailors? I sure do. Um, and so he had, you know, like he was probably like a, third or fourth generation tailor, you know, like so there is entrepreneurship mm -hmm. in my family but mm -hmm. I think we're most influenced by our, you know, core family of origin mm -hmm. and in my family it was very much about security, employment and I don't know, I was thinking about this this morning because for me this thing about certainty and security is a really, really big, you know, it shows up a lot in my life and that's why I'm feel stuck where I am at the moment with, mm -hmm. you know, a job and, a, and a, you know, what I think is quite a successful business, but mm -hmm. I, I kind of, the transition is really tricky. And for mm -hmm. me, you know, a really big factor in that is, and I didn't really intend to say this, but I'm just going to, a big thing for me about certainty is the fact that I had high-risk breast cancer when I was 28 with a two-year-old and an eight-month-old baby and all certainty was taken from me. You know, I I literally thought I was going to die. Like my prognosis was dire. Oh, and brilliant. I'm epically grateful for being here. But I was in that place where I thought, how's my family going to survive? Like I didn't even have life insurance. And just that that need to 
have solid financial security is a really big deal for me. And and I have always said I'm not a person cut out for self-employment. You know, I don't want to rely only on myself for my income. Me too. And now I'm in a place where... And yet here we are. Maybe I could. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Thank you for, for sharing that. I appreciate it. And it's interesting, you know, how life does that to us, right? And I think there's a yin and a yang there. Like it's, I can only imagine that that pulls you in two different directions after that kind of scare and that kind of trauma, which is, heck, let's just go balls to the wall and, you know, do the things I'm passionate about and make sure that I have the safety and security that has come from that experience that I Mm. want even more of. So I can see how it influences both. Is that Mm. true? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For me, it totally tipped me into trying to fit in as many things as I could in case my time was limited. At one point I had four part-time jobs and a business. And so, yeah, this is kind of my thing. Like I'm very busy. I'm doing lots of things. And with my business now, I'm trying to work out what works for me and who I am as a person and what suits me in terms of, I mean, maybe I should talk, maybe I should go back and talk about what I actually do. But in terms of just how I how I offer my services, how I sell my services, moving from kind of periodic launches, which take an enormous amount of energy for me, to actually kind of just offering my service, you know, in an evergreen model. So that's my current experiment. And already, you know, after only four weeks, five weeks, I can see the potential for me to be able to block out a day a week in my diary and not work. And not work and at all? Long. Yeah. That's like amazing. A, a whole day. I know. <laughs> well, that's actually, you know, we have a few similarities and that's another one because I, you know, as of the summer said, I wasn't going to work more than 30 hours a week. And mm. what I have found at first that felt incredibly, incredibly selfish when I closed spring <laughs> occupational therapy in the summer, which, mm. you know, you were, you were around to hear that as we have shared some, you know, coaching pods together. I mean, that came from a place of strength because I knew that I didn't have a heavy pivot in me for what COVID demanded for the clinic. And I already had this and was enjoying it and thought I need to choose one. And I have a bit more, hmm, I don't know, is this, is this true? No, I wouldn't say I have more adventure spirit than you, but I do have that similarity to you where like the passion is a deep, deep river and I thought, oh, I know I've got to say no to one of them. And it was heartbreaking mm-hmm. in that case to say no to the clinic. And mm-hmm. yet I felt as though, I felt at that point it was also incredibly selfish for me to say, I'm only going to work 30 hours a week because of what my family needed from me from COVID, because of what I could only give after and mm-hmm. during COVID. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, I've said this time and again, I'm a single parent. My kids live with me. And that alone and you know just puts parameters around my time and what i have found is that it's allowed me to be a lot more centered and grounded and make mm. far more strategic decisions because i don't have the ability to do what most entrepreneurs do and just throw themselves at the problem right yeah i yeah. mean it's a sunday night so i'm clearly working <laughs> but that was to accommodate your time right normally i'm not thank you yeah <laughs> i think also my perspective on that especially from 
having this perspective gifted to me when my children were too young to understand what was yeah. happening. Like they have no memory of me being sick. Like mm. I just, that's just, you know. But what that gave me in my perspective is how precious our time with our children is totally. for so many reasons. Our, our youngest son left home as soon as he left 18 and joined the army and was interstate and not allowed to communicate, you know, that whole military thing. So um, he was gone. He hasn't lived at home since then. Yeah. And our children will go. They will go. And they should go. And we, we want them to go. But when they're with us, you know, we yeah. want to be with them. So yeah, yeah. I, I have this perspective that we all, you know, we good to have an intent to have a long life and a long career and we don't have to do it all at once we really don't it, that's um, a toughie that's a toughie for me too I feel like jumping in and you and I are both 50 I turned 50 <laughs> in July and you turned 50 in the December and I I mean I feel like a stereotype but I'm also like heck I'm really in love with what I'm doing I don't really yeah. want to slow down and yet it's pacing right yeah, 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 it is. It is. We have yeah. to OT ourselves throughout. We do. Lives. OT, heal thyself. <laughs> Thank God we're OT. <laughs> Thank goodness. So, Bronwyn, I've listened to a few podcasts that you've been on and also the interview that you did for the OT Entrepreneur Summit. You were interviewed by Laura last year. And you are very well versed in speaking about the OT and nature research and the clinical treatment connection. And I know that coming on the podcast today to talk about just flourish and the business side of flourish and the numbers side of flourish is a really new one. So I really appreciate that you're doing this and, you know, you're being very vulnerable and you're opening up your business side to the listeners. And I think that that should be acknowledged from me to you as a thanks and also to underscore that for people that are listening, because I think one thing I've learned about working for OTs as an OT is that they really don't expect us to be perfect. Mm. They just need us to kind of be one step ahead, maybe two on a good day, and they oh. will just be so supportive. And have you found that as well? I have, but mm -hmm. then there's such there's such a piece in that about paying attention to that and getting out of, you know, my getting out of my own head and my mm -hmm. own self judgment and totally. actually being present and receiving that. Yesterday, I love that you said that about being one step ahead. Yesterday, I picked a, some apples from our apple tree at the sanctuary and I picked an apple that had like a tiny little apple connected to the same Aww. stem. So it's a big apple with a little tiny apple on top. Apple. And I took a photo and I've decided it's like, it's my coaching model, you know, like <laughs> all you need to be, like I can be that person underneath lifting mm -hmm. you up to help you you know, oh reach God, the potential man. of your full appleness in life. It's um, so beautiful. <laughs> I love that. So I absolutely agree. In terms of coaching, it's too big a gap. I mean, one of my coaches, my spiritual coach, she actually runs an online parenting program now, and she is epically internationally financially successful like her offer is amazing and people really flock to it and she's done an enormous amount of work over a number of years getting there I, sometimes I just can't even look at what she's doing it's just so overwhelming for me it's like I could never do that I can you know I have that whole like oh I'm what I'm achieving is nothing compared to that and so for me the you know the closer the relationship the better to have a coach who actually you know, it has recently experienced what what a person's experiencing. To me, is a more valuable kind of you know gap in the coaching relationship to be able to actually really relate to you know to what each of us are feeling. So, I agree, um, and I think there's that OTs bring a respect to that. I haven't ever had disrespect in 
what I was offering or how far along I was. And yet there's so many people out there that are listening to this that would consider you and your very successful business to be a pinnacle. And so I think, again, we're talking about yin and yang, right? Like, I think it's really exciting for you to be humbled by others, but also recognize there's people out there that are listening to you that are, you know, seeing you as high on the pinnacle and yet you're expressing vulnerability and bringing all of this forth. And I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Thanks. I, I, um, for me, it's just about integrity. I just am as I am. Yep. You are. And it attracts the people who accept that, I think. Great. I agree. So we've got to get to this stat. You have this incredible stat that you shared with me where you managed to increase your prices by 660% in 14 months. (laughs) So that says to me two things. That says to me that were you pricing things at a (laughs) dollar? Or (laughs) did you... Like, tell me about that. What, how, how did that all happen? And talk about your starting point and how you manage that growth. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I do like the numbers. I won't deny I like the numbers for the validation. Me too. Really. So I started with a business coach and my offer is a group coaching program where I work with OTs in, when I started, I worked in a six week program. So I did, um, I ran two beta programs where I just did a couple of Facebook posts saying, hey, I'm creating this program to work with nature. I charged $500 for my beta program. At that point, I was saying to my business coach, no, you don't understand. These are OTs. Like there's not the direct, I can't Mm -hmm. directly market saying you pay $500 and you will recover that cost. You'll build your revenue. Like most of these people are employees. They're not in business. And he was sort of saying to me, no, 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 $500 is nothing. And I'm like, oh, should I do a payment plan? He's like, no, don't be ridiculous. I'm like, oh, God, it's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And it's all that self-talk, my money story. And so I, I ran two betas. I think I had maybe like 11 and 7 people in the betas. And then I, this is kind of how I built my belief in my value, I guess. This is this story. So then after the betas, I interviewed as many of those people as I could. Like I did a one-on-one great, Zoom great, interview great, great and I talked talk to them about what, you know, what worked, what didn't work, what did you like, what did you not like, what was the value, where, where do you think you're going with this? And I got lots of feedback that there was just too much content. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> and, and it would be good to make it longer and stay connected over a longer period of time. And so when I launched... This sounds so exotic, but I was on holidays in Japan, you know, location independent. I went to Japan to meet a friend of mine who's a paediatrician from Washington, D.C., and we went forest bathing, as you do, and I launched my program from Japan and I turned it into a 12-week closed group program. And so I went from $500, I actually don't even remember all my price points. I reckon I went to 1000 at that point. I think I did. For 12 weeks? Yeah. And then that was when COVID hit. Oh God. And it was a really, really beautiful group, to be honest, because we're all just like living through this. What is going on? Yes. Yeah. Lots of people in that group really connected with nature for their own well-being. And that sort of became a bit of a focus. Just like your story. And then we had the OT Entrepreneur Summit. Mm -hmm. And I think out of that I launched maybe the pricing was I know I had like a $14.97 offer for the summer tees mm-hmm. and I think maybe it was 
I don't know, 1797 or something. Mm -hmm. That was epically successful. That was when I had the most people engaged and I ended up running two groups for 12 weeks. It was really good. And then I thought, oh, I'm going to scale this up. And so I followed this whole different process with like masterclasses. I put so much money into Facebook ads, like thousands of dollars into Facebook ads. I ran some webinars that had like hundreds of people from, I think I had like 27 countries or something. And so it really filled my cup for significance and I made, I didn't make very many sales. So I followed this whole like, I'm going to do this like I'm some, you know, seven-figure business. So let me interrupt you for one second because there's people out there that aren't as familiar with some of the terminology you're using. So as you're now talking about techniques that you used to market Mm. your coaching, because a lot of it had been relatively organic before, I'm I'm assuming, right? You know, you had a group of people around you. You used people that attended the OG Entrepreneur Summit in May of 2020. Yeah, I started a Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Facebook you had your group. Facebook group. Yeah. So, you know, you yeah. had some cornerstones, but then this kind of, you know, beta, beta, beta after that COVID 2020 group, you decided to launch in a bigger way. And that yeah. included webinars, which would be free to lead people into the program, yeah. masterminds, yeah. you said, and Facebook ads. Okay. So I just wanted yeah. to kind of catch up with the audience who doesn't know as much as what you're yeah. talking about. Oh, I've used really different approaches in each time that I've Mm -hmm. launched the program, like really different Facebook ad strategies, you know, landing pages, Mm -hmm. funnels, how I'm getting people in, lead magnets, giving Mm -hmm. away, you know, a free thing to build my email list, to market Mm -hmm. to the list. So I've used lots of different strategies that have come from my business coach and Now I'm at a point of working out objectively how my market likes to buy, how I like to sell. Exactly. And I went back to doing one-on-one conversations because I want to connect with people. I want to know who they are. I want to make sure they're the right fit. You know, there's quite a few people that I've talked to who I've said, oh, no, like you're like too far down the track. I'm a real, like I work with people in the beginning. Mm-hmm. to help them see what's possible. And so I've got clearer about who my people are yeah. and I'm getting clearer about how I feel comfortable selling. I've, I've shifted it into an open group with people joining at different times and I can see some real benefit in that. And that's that evergreen piece that you were talking about again, terminology, yeah. which we're going to cover a lot more in season two. If you can believe yeah. it, it's going to take until season two for us to really begin <laughs> talking about sales and marketing, which we have to OT ourselves because I'm dying to like, you know, oh, pick yeah. this apart and just go to town on this sales and marketing piece. But yeah, season two, people were focusing on revenue and pricing. Go ahead. I might go back to just how I built my belief, which was by focusing on talking to the people who I've worked with, finding out what value they got from it. I I have massive self-doubt and I have a file that I've created of testimonials, screenshots of when people have said nice things about me on Facebook, emails where people have actually replied because in those moments of like, oh, my gosh, am I really providing something that anybody gets something from? 
or like, really, how could I possibly charge that amount of money? I go back to those things and I look at yeah. them and I, I really let myself feel the outcomes that people have achieved. And so now where I've got to this year is, you know, raising my prices again. And it feels really uncomfortable. I'm not going to say it doesn't feel uncomfortable, but I have, you know, coaching to talk me through this. So now my group offer is $3,300. This is Australian dollars. $3,300. I have a one-on-one three-month coaching package, which is $7,000. And I offer my online content program only for $1,000. Sorry, that's not in in order. No, no. And that's just fine. And you know what? I love like, it doesn't have to be in order because it also shows insight into your brain, which is like, it's just so real, right? Like we have no, we have no game. We have no swagger. You're literally (laughs) the perfect example of an OT because people push back at me, Bronwyn, like they push back at me either publicly or not. Nobody says nasty things through DMs, but I do hear it privately as well, which is, you know, you're, you're kind of forgetting about the service piece. You're forgetting that we, you know, are meant to help. And, and, and like, that's not at all what I'm forgetting. I'm actually purposefully talking business language to remind us all that we're still business people. And what I love about it is that like, you've got no swagger, right? You're like, I'm not even going to present this in an order. I'm going to be like, oh, it's this, and then it's this, and then it's this, because you're the epitome of the OTs that I know that run businesses, which are, hey, we decided to like meld value and transformation with our passion, put something Mm. something out there, we watched it grow, and then we realized, oh boy, we need to learn some business skills as well. Oh, so much, so much. And the piece around the service piece Mm. is the most uncomfortable piece. You know, Mm -hmm. let's be honest. And so for me, something really helpful that my business coach said to me earlier this year when I was grappling with the next price increase and the one-on-one pricing at $7,000, he said to me, you're not just... You're not just teaching people about nature. You've got because I'd just turned fifty as well, so he knew that was like a in mm-hmm. inroad for me. He said, you know, because I've been talking about leveling up in life and leveling up mm-hmm. in my business. You know, I've leveled mm-hmm. up to the next decade, and he said to me, you know, you've got fifty years of life experience, and you know, I've worked as an OT for twenty seven years. I've done all this stuff, and and he said to me, you know. The integrity piece is also how much I spend on myself. So last year, like I spent $38,000 in 12 months on my own coaching Mm -hmm. um, to be able to get me to a place of doing this work and knowing that I can make a difference and being able to hold space for people in all these, you know, who come to me from all these different places and help them get to where they want to go to. So I've epically invested in myself and so I have absolute integrity then in talking to you know my potential clients about the transformation really is in the transaction it really is and I know that from my lived experience you know I'm not showing up here as someone who has never paid other people for their value either that really helped me feel okay about valuing my offer and then people buy it from me. Well, and that was my next question. So I know that saying those words out loud, and you've been doing this through discovery calls, that's been, you know, the way that you are most comfortable sharing mm. your offers with people and making sure it's a good fit. I do the same thing, 
right now, you do it on a larger scale. Saying those numbers, like saying, my goodness, $7,000 for three months one-on-one out loud for the first time, and then probably 30 or 40 or 50 times with the amount of discovery calls that you had, did that get easier? Not really. I mean, even on the weekend, only a couple of days ago, I apologised for it. (laughs) I was talking to someone in the UK and I said, oh, look, it looks much better in your currency. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) I mean, I really undermine myself at times. You Um, really do, but that's okay. Okay, so let's follow this through. So you're nervous, you're apologising, you're being, you know, what so many OTs do and that are such service providers. And I'm glad that you're not pretending to be something that you're not. Has anybody ever said to you, how dare you? How dare you no. charge $7,000? Or what no. kind of shyster do you think you are? No, but I have had for the first time, maybe two or three people say to me, oh, wow, that's really expensive. Or or just be really disappointed and say, oh, that's a lot more than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. Mm-hmm. I so understand that because like we've all been in that situation as well. And so... I'm now actually pretty comfortable with thanking them for raising it, you know, because then we can talk about it. And I can talk about those things that I just shared about the value of the, you know, transaction and the transformation and the fact that I want to work with people who are in that space of being ready to make change. Mm -hmm. And even if it's not a business that you can recoup, you know, the cost with increased revenue, because I really think there's a niche for marketing nature-based OT work, the value of actually investing in yourself and your well-being and helping you find a more comfortable, joyful way of working as an OT, you know, because what's the alternative? You keep you keep working in your current OT job that you don't love that just like eats away at your soul. So okay. I and that's I guess my integrity piece from what I've done. You know, like I I've had to do a lot of work on spending money on myself. Mm-hmm. And without that, I would not be the person I am today. And my husband is epically grateful for the money I've spent on sorting myself out. Every now and then I say, oh, do you think I should stop coaching? It's so much money. And he's like, please don't stop. So I, I believe in coaching. And, it, and not everyone can get there and that's okay. That's okay. Well, and it's not, and that's the point of a high-end offer is it's not supposed to be for everybody. It's not. So... Do you find that it soothes your helper soul when people are priced out of that to be able to say, but I have other offerings in that Ascension model. I have this, I have this, and there's free Facebook groups and there's podcasts that you can listen to. Okay. And do people, do you hear a lot of objections from people after that? No, I mean, I think I sort of follow up a few times. So I'll do a call. I'll do a follow-up call to check in. Mm-hmm. And then I follow up by message or email. And if You're I don't hear back from calls, people, yeah, I am doing a lot yeah. of calls. And yeah. I really help people in those calls. And then it's the balance between not giving too much away because yeah. that's mm-hmm. my natural tendency. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I do. I, I am spending a lot of time on calls, but I also fills me up you know I love that me too um so yes I'm kind of in that stage now I think of working out when I stop following up and just do the bless and release and here's mm-hmm. where you can go from here here's some mm-hmm. resources and I cross refer people all the time like me I'm too. always talking about law and I me too. get a book off the shelf and I talk about oh you could go here for business coaching I do the exact same thing 
Exactly. Because, you know, and I think the number one sales tip, you know, how can you, I mean, we can't keep it all for season two. That would be silly. The number one sales tip that I have learned is that, and I know you approach this. I know Laura does. I know so many of us do that, you know, it really needs to be a match. Why are we going to sell something to somebody that they don't want? That's ridiculous. That would be completely against anything ethical as a therapist for helping yes, in the first place. It's not place. client-centered then. No, which is why I actually have like one of the episodes for season two I have titled like why OTs should be the best salespeople in the world. Oh, because- good. I'll listen to that. Okay. <laughs> well, it's because we can't, we're, you know, we're not selling widgets. My, my very, my yeah. short summary on this is we're not selling widgets. Mm. We're selling, you know, help to solve real legitimate pain points. So we're not trying to find like how this, you know, skirt or these shoes or these widgets are going to change your life. Like we literally yeah. are selling things that are going to change people's lives. And I agree. And we're not, we're not taking advantage of people's no, vulnerabilities people. because That's it. we're providing evidence-based things totally. that work. Yep. Yeah. I, somebody called me last week and they're like, Hey, I'm already doing this program. And I'd like to, I'm thinking about doing this. Should I come for your coaching? I was like, no. <laughs> And she goes, really? I said, yeah, no, no. Come maybe in like September, October when you're done with that yeah. because I want you to get the most value and I'm kind of the next step. And they were like, oh, thank you so much. And they were like, I would have had no idea you would have said that. I was like, why would I not say that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because then they're not the right match and they yeah. don't get to where they want to get And then they're going to gonna be ticked um, off. They spent the $7,000 or the $3,000 yeah. or the $1,500. So, and no one wants that energy. No, exactly. And that's, I mean, you talk about the transformation is in the transaction and I have multiple experiences. For example, I remember years and years and years ago, I used to live in New York City and I went out for dinner to celebrate an anniversary and it was one in a, once in a lifetime dinner, seven course at Jean-Georges on the Upper West Side And I had just come from Europe for the first time and had eaten my way through France and had wanted to recreate that. And we had also got the wine pairing to which I remember saying, thank goodness, because I am so inebriated right now. I can't even see what the price of this bill is. (laughs) Like, if you ever want to spend a lot of money in a restaurant, people. (laughs) Drink as well. (laughs) My tip to you is get the wine pairings because you won't care. But this was the kind of place where they opened up the the envelope and they had different types of pens. <laughs> oh yeah, bro. I'm, I'm not familiar with that. Oh, me neither. Okay, but this was New York City. Yeah. So we were like, I think we'll choose the Cartier to sign this bill. Like it was bananas. They had like a stool for my purse. Like it was bananas, this place. And I wonder if it's still open. Jean-Georges on the Upper West. But at any rate, it was a once in a lifetime event and I couldn't tell you what I paid. Mm. and I don't Mm. care because Mm. I'm still talking about it and that would have been in 1998 (laughs) yeah yeah seriously that was 22 years ago yeah so again the The value was in that transaction and could I say that that meal was any better than you know my mother's homemade macaroni and cheese or when I came home the other day and my daughter was making brownies for me Oh, that's love. Mom, I just thought I'd make some brownies because I know you've had a day. And like, but I knew that I was going to be spending this for something very different. So I really want to, and you know, I'll probably say that almost every podcast because once we Mm -hmm. see what that means, and once you have somebody that pays you $7,000, they're going to be Mm -hmm. coming to you in a completely different way. And they will probably level up their own life, just like you said. 
Because when you spend $7,000 on something, you're not going to leave it at the bottom of the shelf. That's right. And that's exactly what I'm seeing now. And it's so good. And the other thing I just want to say also Mm -hmm. is about, you know, you talked about me being able to refer people to like free, you know, my free content. And the other thing that I was able to do last year when I had a launch that went really well was I offered a scholarship program. And this is, this is an idea that I got from an IT I spoke to in South Africa Kate, <laughs> thanks if you're listening, because she said something to me about how how can I make it accessible for people from like OTs from low-income countries? And she explained to me that the World Federation Congress in South Africa had pricing based on the World Bank categorization of income levels of countries. So the World Bank, you know, you can you can find a list of countries that are classified as low to middle income. And the Woofit registration price was half the full price, let's say. And I thought about that for a long time because I have a very big desire to improve equity. And I've done lots of reading about how the OT profession is so dominated and knowledge-based by, you know, the Northern cultures, by female, Western, English-speaking, you know, cisgender, like this whole sort of who we are as a profession. And I, I want to learn from other OTs. And so I did create a scholarship program where I priced you know, I had an application, Google form. Um, I asked people to write me 500 words, you know, like, why are you a good match for this? What can you do with this? And I was able to offer scholarship places and one place for free because I wanted to work with OTs from different countries and yeah. different perspectives and bring that into the program and learn from them. And and I love that so much. And so that's something that I, if I'm not, if it's not a high ticket offer, mm-hmm. I mean, it just makes it possible to do those things. And Like, I loved that. I love that. Me too. Well, when you're getting paid enough, you go to the property that you've been blessed enough to afford because you're getting paid through your J-O-B or Flourish and also, you know, your husband. And you can rest and relax and show up as your best self. You can make profit in your Flourish business, which you can then turn around and use to facilitate for others. And if you weren't, if you were selling $27 products, imagine the hustle and the volume that you'd have to sell and you know again to use that word hustle and how much transformation are you getting and you're drained and then you know it's such a negative cycle and again I think it's a some OTs have understood that quite quickly and others medium and then there's a few others where I if this bristles if you if you're bristling against this that's okay yeah I don't mind I'm a messenger I'm here to share a new perspective and yeah doesn't mean we're all going to get it overnight. And if you want to be the volume business, if you want to, you know, take a different business model, that Mm. is great. Mm. This is Mm. an episode about why this high-end offer Mm. has worked for me more in the last episode and for you in this episode. Mm. And And I I might not do this forever either. Well, and that's the other thing. It's all learning. That's the other thing. Exactly. Because what I'm really excited about is to hear how, because you, you haven't finished the first three months of the people who've bought that $7,000 product yet, have you? You haven't had an offboarding of any of those clients yet, right? Oh, no. Yeah, no. it'll be. So come back into the um, OTs Get Paid <laughs> Facebook group when you can tell us. Like, actually, believe it or not, here's testimony that people said, gosh, yeah. that was $7,000 worth spent. Yes, exactly. Well, in fact, my one-on-one client, I had a call with her this morning and, you know, she's already saying stuff like oh. that. And I'm like, really? But like, oh, well, we're just chatting. Um Can I say something else about, I want to say something else about the sanctuary in our property. And 
the reason we have that is from my inheritance from my parents. Mm. So my parents both died within a year of each other from lung cancer. And, you know, my parents worked as employees mm-hmm. and squirreled away money, more, more my dad than my mum because it was an era where women were denied mm-hmm. superannuation and they, you know, they separated when I was at uni doing OT. So they had, you know, mostly separate lives. But I had, you know, I inherited money that felt like such a burden of responsibility. It felt wow. like I had to do something meaningful with that to make myself better than I already was. It was it felt like such an emotional burden. And it and it feels like super awful even saying that. Like it's like how, yeah, anyway, money is very emotional. And so after a number of years and a lot of coaching, I eventually got to a place of feeling like what I wanted to do with that money was to buy land. And the only thing that has helped me reconcile the privilege around that is by sharing it. And so our whole whole model for the sanctuary is the more people who can be there, like learn to be there, not do, but just be, then the more purpose there is in that. And a really big part of all of this for me is working out how to separate suffering from success. Mm. So my parents, you know, they're I think there was a lot of suffering in generating that money. And for me, I still am pretty stuck in working excessively, having a lot of trouble not working in order to feel like what I'm charging is justified. And so I'm really trying not to cry right now. but. That is my that is my entrepreneurial burden at the moment is how can I feel like I deserve the success? I know I give the value, but how can I get to a place where I feel like I deserve the success without having to suffer to, to get it? And this is, you know, this is the stuff people don't talk about, I think, which yeah. is why I'm talking about it. Thanks. So what do you do? How do you how do you start to get over that? I'm trying to, I'm trying to OT myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I have coaches. That's why I have coaches, I guess. I'm trying to do just simple things like actually have a goal of having time in my calendar that I'm not available for other mm-hmm. people. You know, I, I, I really am trying to just start by having a day that I don't have any, you know, bookings available and feel like I deserve a day, you know. I mean, I try and tackle it from lots of different different ways you know with my my mind my coaching my thinking but then probably the thing for me that makes the most difference is actually just behaviorally what can I do and I was in a really good place where I could relax at the sanctuary and just lie in the hammock and I've sort of lost that a little bit so for me I know I mean like I just need to practice what I teach right don't we all yeah I know that nature gets me there and so I'm just trying to block out Sunday every week uh, from next week, I haven't done this yet. <laughs> this is like my accountability. No time to start um, like yesterday or next right. Sunday. <laughs> to give myself a day and and have other goals, have other goals outside my business, you know, life goals, family goals. Go and visit my son who lives in another state, you know, things like that where I spent a lot of last year saying, I've got time to go, I haven't got time to go. And I'm Me like, too. this is my child. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, all those things. It's hard. 
It's hard. And wouldn't it be amazing if we could get to the place where we don't even need to go see one of our children to take time off? Yeah. Or go rest our bodies to be in a hammock and eat an apricot from a tree, right? Like, wouldn't it be amazing to get to that stage? And yet, baby steps. And But also a big part of that, and this is my perspective of, you know, a lot of life, I guess, is nothing certain. As much as I crave certainty, nothing certain. Mm-hmm. So living for the future is mm-hmm. not really living at all. And so, like, I, I need to do this. I need to do it now. I need to do it yeah. every day. Um, well, and that's hence hard. Blackberry jam today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, I find that so incongruent in a way with owning a business because so much of it is let's be strategic, let's plan what's happening next week, let's plan what's um, happening next month and next year. And at the mm. same token, we're supposed to be in the moment. I find mm. that I find that challenging. And no one said entrepreneurship was easy, but it mm-hmm. sure does teach you a whole lot of lessons. Mm. Yeah. That's wonderful. And I'm grateful for that. I mean, I Me love too. it. I I love that I've created this. Yeah. I love it. Can I, I talk some too. numbers? We haven't said any numbers. Well, sure. What do you want? What did we not talk about that you want to say for numbers wise? And then we'll hit rapid fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say about like I have a lot of trouble celebrating success. And so I'm using this to practice. Thanks. Okay, you're welcome. So in my first year, in my first year of my business properly, like I had $104,000 revenue. Mm-hmm. And almost all of that was from my online offer. Like I had a little bit of forest therapy, but like $5,000. And when I've worked that out, because I have no idea about my numbers, really, like that's a whole nother place of growth required. I'm like, that is pretty amazing to come from selling nothing, really, to creating something that people want, creating something that makes a difference and seeing that people would pay for that. In your first year. Pretty. Yeah, I was pretty happy. It's astonishing. My partner actually is the one who brings me back to the moment for that. And he does, he goes, you know, the same thing started for me with Spring OT was we made 100K right out the door. But that felt a little bit almost old school. Like I kind of expected it in a way. I mean, I was still really proud, don't get me wrong, but it was still like a really tried and true business model. Yeah. And then this, you know, the first year I started Trish Williams Consulting and made 100K within the first year and my partner just lost it. In fact, I tell a story that he, when I said I would do this, it was on the dock at a cottage. I can't remember now, about two years ago. Oh yeah. I heard you. I heard you say that. Did you? Did you? Yeah. Yeah. And he was just like, I never thought you would be able to do it. And I loved him for saying that much later, but you know, he's, he's the one that points out your, that expresses that point a lot too, Bronwyn, which was like, you literally had nothing. Like you literally created not a job for yourself, but like a company. Yeah. You created this whole thing mm. out just out of your head. Like, and it's not even treating kids, yeah. which is so tangible to me. It's yes. not walking people through a forest, which is so tangible. It's yeah. like, we just had these ideas and yeah. people paid us for them, right? Yeah. And I just think yeah. there's a miracle. There's an exchange of energy there, a miracle. Like there's something incredibly special in that. I do too. And money is just energy. Yep. I mean, not I just money is energy. Yep. Yeah. It's an energy exchange. Okay. So 104,000 in your first year. And then where do you want to, do you want to talk projections for me? Like, do you want, do you have a goal for 2020 um, or 2021? 
I mean, look, I sort of jokingly said, let's just go for 400,000. But actually my big challenge is that I have absolutely no idea about my profitability. I still haven't actually even paid myself. So how is that How is that taking a toll on you if you haven't paid yourself? Does yeah, that exactly. weigh heavily? That must be yeah. hard. Yeah, but that's that's a whole other podcast, really. How do you pay yourself? It I'm is. Actually, to, it is I'm a podcast. To take, yeah, good. I'm scared to take money out of the account in case I need it for something, in case it all goes pear-shaped. Yeah. You, I have heard that from multiple people. So again, what I think is just so incredibly fascinating, and I just have such privilege in this position, is because I'm such a because I'm not a business person, I never, I base, I barely got through grade 13 math. We had grade 13 in Ontario all those years ago. And I took like functions and relations, which was like the stupid pure person math. It wasn't calculus, yeah, which yeah. everyone else took. And how I got into kinesiology with no math could only have happened in like 1988, but that's the story for another day. And it wasn't until midway through spring OT that I had, I mean, I had no idea what my numbers were. And it's yeah. why I'm, again, so passionate about this because I had the yeah. loving, most kindest bookkeeper who's coming on the podcast oh, in a couple yeah. of episodes. And we're going to be really honest. And she's going to be like, remember, you would cry. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd say, and then she'd say, and then Trish moved from the crying phase to the, she would get really angry at me <laughs> because I'd be like, I don't understand. And I put myself through bookkeeping boot camp, not learning what a balance sheet is. Forget that. That's too sophisticated for me. But truly, truly understanding like gross, net, yeah. profit, yeah. taxes, and owner's comp. And I feel like, again, talk about just being one step ahead. Like I am literally 18 months, two, three years ahead of doing that. Mm. And so many of the people that I coach, I would say at least 80% of the people I coach know one or two of their numbers. Yeah. Or the same thing you just said, Bronwyn, which is, oh, why would I take money out of it? Like I've got, you know, $150,000 in the bank accounts right now, but I can't um, take money out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I am, my word for this year is focus and my current focus is on actually just working out my money because it's holding me back from making decisions and it it's is. giving me a whole lot of emotion that I probably don't need if I actually worked it out. No, you don't. Well, and and so look at, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like selling you on the podcast is coming up because this, like I want you to listen to when Heather comes on because this is exactly what she's going to say. And I am so proud of the courage I had one year to just, and I paid her every week and I said, come. Mm. And sometimes we'd have to meet like on a patio <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like a hot beverage or a cold beverage just to chill me out because I was like, I'm so tired of not understanding this and being so scared yeah. of it. And don't teach me yeah. anything extraneous. Like I just need the basics. So yeah. I open up QuickBooks. I don't know what it means. And how did you decide yeah. how much I can pay myself, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And now it's so rudimentary, like a, a, an accounting 101 class, like a, an accounting 101, they would be laughing. Like I would probably still be on first term. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe after the first yeah. or second unit test of what I know. But my point is I know what I need to know for the business. And mm -hmm. we both know that where attention goes, energy flows. And if money is mm -hmm. energy, then yeah. if I say, if you say, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to set a goal for 400,000 K in revenue for Flourish, it's more likely to happen. 
which is why we teach our own children to set goals. Every start of September school year, we go out to a restaurant, same restaurant every Tuesday of the first day of school here in September in the Northern Hemisphere. And we set goals. And my children like, oh, the amount of eye rolling and groans. But it's great. And and so many of us don't set those revenue goals in our own companies mm-hmm. or take the money out. One of my favorite stories is I had a client who during COVID started to get more familiar with her numbers. And she actually pulled her children out of the public school system and put them in private school because of COVID oh, because they were wow. in and based on the money that was oh, money, already yeah. in her yeah. business that yeah. she didn't know was there. I mean, that's mind-blowing. Yeah, it is. It is. And for me, I don't know what I want the money for. Like, we want to build a house at the sanctuary. So we've got this whole big dream. Yeah, I feel like my business has grown really quickly. And now I'm backfilling systems. Totally, totally. But I mean, you know, so absolutely. I think there's also people out there. So your story is one of rapid expansion. There's other people who haven't expanded as rapidly, but still the common theme especially for people that are our age, I'll say. Those that I coach Mm. that are kind of under 30 aren't doing this as much, but anybody kind of 35 and over, we kind of just put one foot in front of the other, probably, Bronwyn, it's because there weren't these resources out here in the Mm. same way, right? We just existed in our own bubble. And then all of a sudden we all turned around and went, oh, I guess I should figure this part out. (laughs) Now that I have happy clients, right? Yeah. And the the phone keeps ringing, so to speak, so... Mm. Well, that's a great goal. Like, are you a 2021? Is this is this like a January to January thing for you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And are you keeping track of numbers as you go along? Yeah. Okay, that's great. <laughs> like, is me. it on track? No. <laughs> no, that's, I wasn't going to ask that one. <laughs> well, and see, this is what I find so fascinating about setting a goal. So let me give you an example of my delightful teen daughter who's home. She's in grade 11, what would be a junior in the United States. And I don't know what you call it. In 11. <laughs> in 11. Okay. So, you know, she has one and a half more years to go for university. And she's really nervous about school, about what she wants to do in university and what she wants to do with her life. And I said to her, why are you trying to eat an elephant? Mm. She said, well, my boyfriend knows that he wants to be an engineer and my best friend wants to be a doctor and my other best friend wants to be a lawyer and there's so-and-so who wants to be a nurse. Oh, and a few of her friends want to be OTs, by the way. So winner, winner, chicken dinner. So at any rate, I said to her, okay, so you don't know, first of all, which panics her that everybody else does. And I said, you know, guaranteed those kids might change their minds, but on top of it, you don't have to know how to get there. Just know that you want to. Like what would be the dream right now? She's like, I'd really love yeah. to do marketing for business. I said, do you know oh. what marketing is? She goes, no. <laughs> I said, yeah. okay. I said, but does that sound like great? And she's like, and I'd like to do it internationally. So her big goal, and like, I serve this with love. I'm not teasing, like if my daughter's listening, yeah. I'm not teasing yeah. her, but you know, yeah. she literally has this dream that's resonating somewhere inside her, whether that changes in four weeks, I don't yeah. know, but okay, put it out there because Mm. you can't figure the process out exactly yet. And that's kind Mm. of the same thing. Like if you're on quote unquote track right now, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen Mm. by the end of 2021. Mm. You won't know exactly how, (laughs) but that's kind of the fun thing, I think. 
Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. So we've got some rapid fire questions at the end. Are you ready? Then we'll wrap up. Okay. So I think I know the answer to this, but what is your biggest money splurge personally and business? Personally is buying the sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. What a great splurge. And how about business? Business is on coaching. Yeah, exactly. Good. Good. You've done a great job explaining why that is. Okay. Do you have any paid or unpaid help in your life? Um, just started getting mailboxes. <laughs> oh, really? We did that for a short time. Yeah. I haven't really... done, I haven't been to the supermarket all year. I yeah. mean, what is it like the end of February? So yeah, like I just cannot do it all. I cannot do it all. And as much as I'm trying to engage my family, like, you know, it's just not their thing. So I'm like, well, if you're not going to do it and I'm not going to do it, then this is how we're getting this stuff done. Great. And I am in conversation with an OT in another country, which I love, who is potentially going to do some work in my business. So I'm pretty excited oh, about that. Good. Oh, I'm yeah. excited to hear that. Great. If I could wave my magic money wand and put seven figures into your business right now, how would you spend it? That's a lot of money. (laughs) I know it is. Well, and I didn't say what seven figures. Like it could be one million. It could be nine, 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 nine million. I am... I would love, so, you know, like I'm a permaculture designer. Permaculture Mm -hmm. is about how to live sustainably on the planet, like Mm -hmm. in terms of like food production, how we, and social how we live in socially sustainable community. I don't know what the answer is, but I know that the way a lot of people live is not good for them. I would love to just do what I'm doing in terms of connecting people with nature as OTs, but also helping OTs kind of coach people on how to live differently and not have to pay me for it. Mm -hmm. I I love that. Although then it's interesting, isn't it? Because then there's like, there's not the, you know, investment that creates the transformation. So maybe that's not a good model. I don't know. I don't know, Trish. I don't know. That's a scale that I'm not at yet. (laughs) Well, the interesting part is that you would essentially continue to do what you're doing in an evolving way, which is a pretty wonder. Isn't that an incredible thing to be able to say at 50? Yeah. I do more of what I'm doing. I'd grow oh, yeah. doing. I've only just found this. I'm only just starting. Do you know what I would do? I would get some help on the sanctuary to help us control the weeds. <laughs> the weeds? You'd have a very expensive weeding department. Oh, no. We've got like acres and acres yeah. of um, blackberries and, yeah, stuff that we should be managing. I would fence the property. I would create walking trails. I would create beautiful spaces for people to be in nature and just rest. I'm going to run retreats, which are about resting in nature oh. and glamping. <laughs> And glamping. Okay, well, make sure I'm on the wait list for that one. I'll sign up. I'll fly people in. I'll fly people in. That's what you could do is you could cover our travel. You're such a generous soul. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. That kind of wraps up the rapid fire questions and today. And I just wanted to thank you for like talk about, you know, all the vulnerability and the raw and the information that you brought forth to us, because I think it just paints such a beautiful picture. Like talk about service. You've just brought yourself in full service today to help all these people that are listening and they're going to have learned so much and feel so much just by listening to this. So thank you for doing that for us. Thanks, Trish. You're welcome. Wow. Wasn't that something else? Sometimes Interviews go in directions that you don't expect. I am forever grateful to this OT community, to the people that I'm getting to know along the way for the courage and the vulnerability and the excitement and the passion 
that so many people in the OT entrepreneur space bring every minute of every day so that they can grow as business owners and as people and that they can share their growth with you so that in turn, you can build incredible businesses to change the lives of so many people. I can't think of any other way of wrapping up today's episode other than that. This has been OTs Get Paid, recorded live in Studio C. That's Studio Closet. I'm Trish Williams. If you have feedback on today's episode, send us a DM on IG at OTs Get Paid or join our Facebook group at OTs Get Paid. We would really love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could subscribe and write a review for the podcast. Each month, I'll pick a random review for a shout out to get your name and business on the air. Until next time.